Welcome to Gazuntag with Jacobus, highlighting health, healing, and healthy lifestyles with your host, Jacobus Holovai. And good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program. It's good to have you with us. It's a wonderful Sunday. Nice blue skies out. And uh, this is a show where we talk about health, healing, and healthy lifestyles with the experts. Give them a chance to uh, talk about something they're passionate about or about a specific field that they are experts in. And I appreciate all of you for listening in. It's uh, absolutely wonderful. I'm having a, I'm having a very good time. It, it doesn't come always easy as far as timing is concerned, etc. But you know, to look back at this many shows, it's absolutely. I'm very grateful to many people. We'll go through that as the show develops. I appreciate you tuning in this morning. We have Mike Corrigan with us. Michael Corrigan, who is an herbalist and educator master herbalist and we're going to talk about uh, some very interesting stuff as we are talking about health healing and healthy lifestyles with the experts we hope that we can give you a piece of the puzzle in your quest for better health we hope that we are giving you some information today that all of a sudden you start putting the pieces together and as always when you talk about health we got to be careful that you don't misinterpret our opinion the words that we use as a cure or a treatment or a diagnosis, that's not what we're trying to do. We hope that with the information, you will become more challenging about the issues in your own life and that you become more motivated to to find the solutions and maybe we can give you already some solutions today. So it is absolutely a, a show where we are here to inform, educate and hopefully entertain let me uh, tell you a little bit about our guest, uh, Michael Corgan. Michael Corgan is an herbalist, an educator, and a consultant to the natural products industry who draws on 30 years of experience in traditional Western herbalism, phytotherapy, and nutritional healing. Early in his career, he trained under and traveled with the noted herbalist and naturopath, Dr. John Christopher. And for those of you in the field, John Christopher is an icon who has a trail, he's been a trailblazer in this whole field of health, especially the natural health field. He traveled with him on an extensive seminar circuit throughout the United States and Canada. He has continued in the footsteps of his mentor, conducting numerous lectures and seminars for the health and natural foods trade, also for consumers and health professionals in the U.S. and abroad over the last 25 years. After forestry and ecology studies, followed by pre-med studies at Brigham Young University, Michael Corrigan became interested in the holistic concepts of herbal medicine through his association with Dr. Christopher, and he earned a certificate as a master herbalist from the School of Natural Healing. He has also taken herbalist courses from the oldest herbal college in North America, which is Dominion Herbal College, as well as Wild Rose College, both located in Canada. Over the years, acting in many capacities in the natural medicine industry, Michael has built an excellent reputation and become a respected force instrumental in building an awareness of the positive health and environmental benefits of natural remedies, including herbs and herbal extracts, such as extract of ginkgo biloba, milk thistle, extract of black elderberry and umka, as well as the expanding study of essential fatty acids, probiotics, vitamins and minerals. I know it's a mouthful, but it is really, I've talked to Mike before a couple of years ago and we talked a couple months ago 
He has a wealth of information. It's going to be a fantastic program today. As a sought-after guest on numerous radio and television shows nationwide, Michael effectively combines traditional herbal knowledge with the ever-growing body of scientific evidence supporting the effective use and safety of natural therapies. He draws on his extensive experience advising literally thousands of individuals to lend evidence to his belief that natural remedies offer reliable, first-line prevention and cure of the majority of common chronic conditions of ill health. If you want to reach Mike, then you can call the company Nature's Way, where he is a consultant at this point, and that number is 1-800-9-NATURE. 1-800-9-NATURE, which spells out to be 1-800-962-8873. Mike, it is with very great pleasure that you're back on the program, and thank you so much for joining me this early in the morning. Well, good morning, Jacobus. How are the, uh, the folks in Bozeman? What kind of weather are you dealing with up there today? Well, I'm sure that Chuck, my uh, faithful engineer, is going to give us a fantastic weather report. But uh, <laughs> when I stick my head out and coming over to the studio, it's absolutely blue sky. And I don't know if we're going to have thunderstorms, but I'm sure that he'll inform us about that. But it is wonderful. It is nice and warm and uh, very pleasant. It might, get a, might be hot today, actually, but we're, we're, doing, we're in great shape. Great, great. We've got uh, great weather here as well, so we're looking forward to the start of a great day. And we're, of course, we're up with the birds, so yes. um, we're taking <laughs> it off, right? We're not wasting any time. Are you in Utah or are you in Colorado? Yes, I'm in Utah. Utah, okay. Now, as you and I were talking uh, a few months ago, and, and, and really I thought it was fantastic that you were able to come to, uh, to the area and actually uh, introduce yourself. That was very nice because uh, we had talked before and now all of a sudden we had a chance to meet face-to-face. And uh, setting up this program, one of the things that you said you would like to discuss for a change is probiotics because, th- number one, there are a lot of issues with intestines. There are a lot of disorders today. And the probiotics are, people have heard about acidophilus and bifidus, but there is so much more to know about it. And the more you know about this specific topic, the more specific you can become when you decide to use these supplements. Well, you know, the uh, the interesting thing about that is that you know, as you started your lead-in in your program today, you were talking a little bit about prevention. Yeah. And when we get to an understanding of what beneficial bacteria can do, that's exactly how they can best be used. Um, They are a regular or a normal inhabitant of the intestinal tract of man, and in fact they proliferate and become even more, uh, let's call it normal, in the intestinal tract when we eat a a good natural diet that um, in fact sets up the environment in the intestinal tract so that it's favorable to beneficial bacteria. Right. There are obviously probiotics in foods that we eat, and then we have we can get probiotics out of uh, nutritional supplements, and that is actually necessary because the household people don't always realize, but we have about four to six pounds of bacteria in our colon, mm-hmm. and those need to be replenished. And there is good ones and bad ones, and then there are so many in the in the small intestine that have a special function, and then we have some in the large intestine that have a certain function. Could you explain us a little bit more about uh, what we have where? Well, we have, <clears throat> interestingly, um, if we start out at birth and we understand how we acquire beneficial bacteria, we can see that the birth process itself is extremely valuable because it's the thing that inoculates the body first off. Yeah, yeah. 
um, give us several different uh, beneficial species and strains of probiotics. Uh, mm-hmm. As we go through the birth canal, and that's our first um, confrontation with a host of bacteria, some beneficial, some not. And we now are inoculated in all of those special mucus linings of the body, which include the eyes, the ears, nose, mouth, the urinary tract, and bowel. Yeah. Now, that still doesn't take care of the big tube that runs down the middle of us, which we call our you know, alimentary canal, our digestive process. Mm-hmm. So we now are set up to receive uh, not only an inoculation in our immune response in the mucous membrane, which is what guards all of those openings in the body, but our biggest area of mucus cell concentration is the intestinal tract. Yeah. And so it needs its own inoculation, and we receive that as we nurse the first time at, at our mother's breast. Yeah, yeah. So now we have a complete inoculation of the system. Hmm. The difficulty is that we see more and more non-natural births um, across the world, and consequently we are seeing for the first time that there is a very big connection between that and autoimmune response throughout the rest of our lives. Uh-huh. So uh, when we talk to people who have gone through the birth process uh, in a cesarean section, for example, which um, takes us out of the ability to go through the birth canal and receive all those beneficial inoculations, they are oh, yeah. much more highly susceptible to allergic disorders than the typical person who's gone through a normal birth process. So we can see right off the hmm. bat that they're important. When we, when we look at the first beneficial inoculation, and, and uh, I've got a very interesting slide that I use in my presentations, which um, if you could look at it on a timeline basis, you've got uh, you know so many millions or billions of bacteria that are located in the, on, the, uh, on the y-axis, if you could draw a graph of this. Yeah, and then you've got time on the x-axis that uh, is working from you know zero basically to uh, death. Yeah. So we've got about seventy seventy five years there in the typical population. Uh huh. And uh, the very first thing that happens is a spike that runs all the way up into the billions of organisms of not beneficial bacteria, but actually E. coli and strep. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. right behind that almost uh, right over the same track, but not quite, and actually surpasses that curve is, uh, in fact, bifidobacteria. Now, bifidobacteria are a special uh, species of lactic bacteria. They're beneficial, but they have uh, some different function because as they go into into our systems, they tend to migrate and end up in the large intestine over time. Well, that's right. That's why I recall they are. So the bifidus bacterial factor is something that goes through a process of setting up our digestive process, our immune function, the ability of the uh, cells in the intestinal tract to actually absorb nutrients. And then as they do that, they now migrate into the area where they're most comfortable, just like people. They uh-huh. live where they want to live, where they're most, you know, most comfortable with the, yeah. with the things that they need. Yeah. It's just like, you know, folks uh, in Montana live in Montana for big sky country for the fact that they love the outdoors that yeah. uh, you know, I I was amazed at the amount of uh, rivers that run through various towns that we went through as we were 
driving along in Montana, and yeah, yeah. I'm a big fisherman, so uh-huh. I yeah. could uh, I could have spent a great deal of time there. <laughs> yeah, and, and you still you still time. can. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing, the fact is, we you know we are not you know from an organism standpoint and from an ecological standpoint, which is where I have a lot of my training. We're not that much different as people. We tend to live where we want to live. We tend to migrate where we want to to get to. And the beneficial bacteria in the ecosystem of the body are much like that. Uh-huh. The uh, the interesting thing about bifid bacteria also is the third thing that they do is they set up the environment for other beneficial bacteria. And that's where we see the lactobacillus varieties doing well and thriving is in the presence of bifid bacteria that have set up that environment. So they come along behind the bifidobacteria, lactobacillus acidophilus, lactobacillus reuteri, lactobacillus bulgaricus, and on and on and on and on. Some things are normal inhabitants of the intestinal tract, and others are transient, which means that they only stick around for a short period of time, and then they migrate out of the body and so need to be replenished regularly. Wow, that is really fascinating. So the bifidobacteria are very important. They're the first ones that kind of come in through the process, and then they create an environment healthy enough for other bacteria to uh, to move through and settle where they're most comfortable. Mm-hmm. Huh. Now, you know, to, to see how exactly uh, critical these whole things are, this whole process is, is yeah. this. A uh, fellow by the name of Mitsuoka, which is a Japanese PhD who has uh, been associated with a variety of different, um, very cutting-edge research on bifidobacteria and lactobacillus acidophilus. In fact, all probiotics, which is the nickname that we give this whole category, uh, he was able to uh, state here in 1989, he did a, a landmark study on bifidobacteria And one of the things that he declared in that study was that according to what he had seen, and he was, uh, you know, very, very instrumental in taking a look at the aging process in the United States and elsewhere in industrialized countries like Japan and so forth and so on. He said that for his money, I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, um, there was nothing more critical to the human organism and the process of aging than the beneficial bacteria and bifidobacteria led that charge. Wow. Huh. And why why would it be the bifido? Because of the functions that you mentioned earlier? Right, because uh, of all the things that they set up to do and yeah. the fact that in his research he showed that the very first bacteria that uh, populates the mucous spaces of the body as well as the intestinal tract happens to be bifidobacteria. And they huh. are... In fact, the most critical in the aging process because there he correlated aging difficulties and, you know, the acceleration of aging with the loss of bifid bacteria in the intestinal tract as we get older. Wow. So he said after about age 45 to 50, one of the most important bacteria that a person ought to be supplementing on a regular basis happened to be bifidobacteria. Uh Uh-huh. Interesting, huh? Yeah, that is very interesting. So what I'm saying here is, and you know, we can kind of rubber hits the road this statement that we've been talking about here, and that is this. It's extremely critical for people not to think about lactobacillus, uh, beneficial bacteria of all types, bifid bacteria, roideri, whatever we happen to be talking about, which we'll, we'll talk about all those things for hopefully during the program. Yeah. But 
rethink what we're doing with these bacteria mm-hmm. and that our our diet in the United States especially is extremely suspect because n- no one eats fermented foods. I see. See, nobody gets a regular inoculation of beneficial bacteria unless they eat them in their food supply. And yes. we don't. We don't eat any kind of, most of the countries that have long, you know, long-lived people, the longevity factor is extremely, you know, worth writing about. Yes. Is, uh, is a culture which you can always track to the process of, of ingesting fermented foods of all kinds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Russians, for example, are big, big fans of borscht and beneficial bacteria. Um, we talk about the Koreans who eat huge amounts of kimchi, which is a fermented cabbage product mm. uh, with garlic in it. Mm-hmm. We talk about the Arab populations, which eat kefir, which is a, a fermented milk product. Yes. Uh, and we talk about the Hunzas and the folks of Pakistan and so forth, that for, uh, as well as Scandinavia, which have been very, very big into yogurt cultures yes. for many, many years. And each one of those cultures, not uh, uncharacteristically, live a great deal of time they're they're you know they have many more people octo you know octogenarians in fact people over 80 to 100 years old mm-hmm. in their populations and these people are not um you know succumbing to the same difficulties of aging as the rest of the population they live longer they live healthier they live more actively exactly the kinds of things that your program's dedica- dedicated to right you so know, in I'm general, in general, yeah. of course, Mike, uh, to interrupt you real quick, I was talking to a family member yesterday on the phone from the Netherlands, and they see that Americans are pretty big and obese, but at the mm-hmm. same time, we are seeing a change in Europeans that are also mm-hmm. gaining weight. And so I think part of it is that the the processed foods that we eat in this country are definitely outdoing the amount of probiotics that we're eating. Uh, oh, absolutely. But on the other hand, of course, the probiotics help in these cultures that you're mentioning or the fermented foods, but at the same time, they sure don't have as much processed foods as we have over here. So we're actually getting a double whammy by eating too much processed foods and definitely not getting enough cultured food. But at the same time, those people don't have the processed foods, at least. That's, so, that's correct. Yeah, they, they eat less. I think yes. that's an excellent point. I mean, it kind of goes. Uh, it kind of goes all together, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, nothing that we're going to talk about here does not go together. In the, other words, everything that we're going to cover today—the uh, probiotic situation, the right. use of dietary fibers, uh, mm. possibilities of dealing with our transit time and cleansing in the colon, you know, constipation, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, blood sugar index, um, glucose tolerance—all that stuff is connected. All right. Well, we uh, I'm I'm very excited that you're with me today, Mike, and I appreciate it, uh, folks. You're listening to Gesundheit with Jacobus, and uh, please stay tuned because we will be right back. I talked to Michael before the program, and he said that because of time constraints, he can only be on till. 9.30, which means uh, we're losing a half hour with him, which is too bad. I guess we have to get him back for a better time here. And I am really uh, very happy, Mike, that you decided to spend a little time with us today. So thanks for doing that. Well, you're most welcome, Jacobus. It's uh, next to fishing, you know, talking about natural products is like my favorite thing to do. So. I thought you were going to say next to fishing, talking to you is the greatest thing I can do. <laughs> well, in a roundabout way, that's uh, kind of true. So. 
in there. Yeah, there you go. Now, uh, you made, you mentioned uh, something fantastic in the first half hour as you talked about probiotics. And, and I would like you to elaborate on that a little bit more because what I understand is you mentioned that when a child is actually, when fetus is going through the birth canal to be born, that there is actually a, a first inoculation happening to help the immune system. And that is not happening, the research has shown, to children that actually are born through a C-section. Could you explain a little bit more about that? Because uh, you were talking to me, you were explaining it to me a little bit earlier, and I think this was so wonderful and and this is groundbreaking stuff and it, it it once we understand this it might explain why some people are dealing with disorders in this life differently than the next person well a- absolutely there you know we're we're not immune to our own consequences we have to understand that that's number one on yeah. the hit parade as far as i'm concerned so what we we end up doing is a lot of times we forget that we're literally products of all the things that have gone before us, including our genetics. And so we we can also retrace our steps and see exactly why sometimes we are where we're at. You know, as the man said, if you don't change directions, you wind up where you're going. Yeah. So one of the things that we have gotten a little bit better at is utilizing the historical side of research to figure out some of these uh, critical questions like, why do we have so much autoimmune difficulty in our society today versus what has happened in the past when our dietary changes were such that we're eating a lot more natural foods, that in fact we're eating more fermented foods, or we look at populations who do eat lots of fermented foods, comparatively speaking. Yeah. You mean you mentioned the Netherlands, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, the, the typical consumption of yogurt in the Netherlands is in the pounds per day. Did you realize that? Uh, no. I mean, I remember I would eat it, but I don't yeah. remember it was that much. Wow. Yeah, yogurt on a typical basis, if you you know break it down for the amount consumed for the population of the Netherlands, is upwards of getting close to two pounds of yogurt per day. Wow. So we're, you know, we far fall far short of that if we take a look at the fact that we go to the store, we buy, you know, a little... Um, Yo play or you know, Denon or, or eight something. Ounce container. Yes, uh, we eat that one time per day, and sometimes once, two, three times a week, mm-hmm. and expect that we're you know taking in beneficial bacteria, and then we f- we fail to look at the fact that the stuff that's typically available in a a, a mass market supermarket setting is a product that is greatly changed from what it should be. Uh, has lots and lots of sugar in it. Has a variety of different extenders and texturizers and you know lots of stuff in there that's not really beneficial yogurt and uh in fact even contains the long the wrong species uh-huh. of beneficial bacteria such as what such as uh well, let's see for example we're looking at lactobacillus acidophilus yes uh, very few of the yogurt cultures have lactobacillus acidophilus in them typically speaking they're lactobacillus bulgaricus Mm-hmm. Or Thermopolis, which both are transient bacteria. They stay in the the beneficial areas of the body only a short period of time. I thought that Bulgaricus was a was a very beneficial. Uh, well, it is probiotic, but, but it is transient. It's not something okay. that sets up regular housekeeping. I in see the intestinal tract. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So the idea being that there are there are serious serious changes in those beneficial bacteria. Yes. Now, it 
starts way, way back when we're born. Uh-huh. And uh, since we were, you know, seemed to be interested in that particular study of um, the beneficial bacteria and the imprinting on the intestinal tract, I uh, pulled up this old article from The Lancet, which uh, is dated April of 2001. And uh, the list of bibliographical uh, recitations here is quite broad, and it goes all the way back to 1998, uh, 1982, actually, as I look at this. So if we take a look at this, it says, says, first of all, the the importance, the improvement was, um, okay, the question of time arising because the Finnish study uh, on probiotics was given to the mothers for two weeks before delivery and then to the infants from birth for six months. Two factors may be relevant. First, the regimen is likely to increase concordance between infants and maternal flora. In other words, as we do these things, receive mother's milk and so forth, we set up a very, very similar uh, set of beneficial bacteria to those of our mother. Uh Yes. Probably the most striking alteration in the early immune exposure of infants since Neolithic times was the wholesale change in initial gut colonization during the past century. And here there are real differences between the privileged, meaning people that are living in industrialized countries where they eat, you know, many, many more processed foods, and those of underdeveloped areas of the world. The dominance of bifidobacteria and lactobacillus in the initial flora of developing third-world country infants has been increasingly replaced by that of a variety of hospital-acquired organisms, which has led to an evolutionary novel discordance between maternal and, inf- and infant flora. Exacerbated, you have to, re- you know, <laughs> you have to sort of pardon me for the the uh, technical language. Here. Yes. Yeah, but it's you know that's if you don't write like this, then the doctors don't don't read it. They don't think it's worthwhile. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, by procedures such as cesarean section or admission to special care units in the hospital following birth. Since colostrum and breast milk lymphocytes are dominated by gut-derived populations such as T-cell-expressing beta-7 integrin, which is one of the things that our immune system uses to imprint, it's quite possible that the nascent mucosal immune system is exposed to mismatched input during the initial priming stages of the birth process in these circumstances. And then they go on to say that it's, you know, a host of problems that come from that, including a tendency to be a universal reactor. So there you go. Yeah. There's the study. And, you you know, we can break that down into common language. But what they're really saying is that a person who does not go through the birth canal also, because they didn't go through the birth canal on a C-section basis, there's usually a difficulty in birth at that point in time in the process. And consequently, they take them away from the mother for a period of two, sometimes three days, huh. where they are not given the opportunity to inoculate the intestinal tract with beneficial bacteria through breastfeeding. Right. So now they have even a higher tendency towards picking up hospital-acquired organisms. And let's face it, there's not a lot, a lot of lactobacillus hanging out in the hospital. No. You know, you're going to get E. coli, <laughs> you're going to get strep, you're going to get all kinds of negative bacteria there. Yeah. And so... That's uh, you know that's just so key to people that they they understand and they ought to be doing this aha thing where they're going you know what that's the reason why my child or my grandchild or even me tend to be um, much more susceptible to allergies because we go way way back in their history and they were cesarean. Wow, 
that is so amazing. This is so, I mean, it makes so much sense. Oh, yeah. And I, I yeah, I mean, this is, uh, you know, this is what I enjoy about this program where this scientific research shows up that actually uh, proves things that people have said or thought but were never shown on paper. And so I really appreciate that uh, you you enlighten us about this today. Uh, folks, uh, you are tuned in to News Radio AM 1450 KMMS Bozeman. The program is Gesundheit with Jacobus. I'm your host, Jacobus Holloway. 5870171 is the number to call. And my my guest today on show number 300 is uh, Mike Corrigan, who is a been a master herbalist, who is a master herbalist, and who has been in this field for over 30 years. And uh, he is an herbalist, an educator, and a consultant to the natural product industry. And as you can tell, he is doing his research to help other people become smarter and wiser, and therefore hopefully more practical. So this is uh, this is absolutely interesting. Uh, this research it, it it will explain things, and like you say, often the baby does get separated. And I think also, Mike, the majority of birth in Europe are home birth. They don't go to the hospital. They right. have they have midwives, and um, it does make a difference if you don't have to separate your child. And uh, it, it seems there is just too much fear put upon parents that you couldn't do it alone at home or alone with a midwife at home, that you have to go to the hospital. And uh, and I think uh, when I look over here in, in Bozeman, uh, Montana, uh, the hospital is really set up well for parents to deliver over there. It's nice and cozy. It, 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 they try to create as much as possible a home environment. But still, there is a difference uh, to be at home and to be able to fall asleep and uh, right after giving birth. I mean, over here, you somehow have to leave the hospital as soon as possible. And the stress on the mother and, and, and the father and, and the child, um, none of those are beneficial to the, uh, to the immune system, in my opinion. Well, we, you know, you've said a, a tremendous amount there. And the, the thing that we, we do is that we tend to overreact in a reductionist philosophy in medicine, if you get what I mean. Uh, you know, medicine, from the standpoint of how it's developed over time here in this country, allopathic medicine has been geared towards kind of a savior mentality, yeah. where it is, you know, it's hero medicine of the highest order, and consequently, it, it's always looking to prove itself from the standpoint of, of you know, our way is the best way, and if it's not our way, it's the highway. You know? uh -huh. you know, it's like, yeah. we don't want to hear anything else. And yeah. A lot of the things that we end up, you know, bringing up on your program here, and I've I've heard other tapes and so forth of, and we've talked about other guests that have brought up pieces of very good information that ought to be incorporated into what's going on from an allopathic standpoint, rather than you know thrown out with the baby in the bathwater, so to speak. Yes, and that's that's where we happen to be with these things. We want to be able to embrace the side of modern science. Mm -hmm. We want to embrace the ability of allopathic medicine to be, in fact, uh, very, very good from a first aid standpoint and from a diagnostic standpoint. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But we don't want to get into a situation where we leave all the past knowledge of you know, our history behind and say that all of that was not beneficial just because it was old. Yes. You, or Absolutely. just because it seemed too simple. Yes. You know, That's right. I, we don't always have to reinvent the wheel. We can exactly. just, if it works, don't bro, don't fix it. it well, it, we talk about these things, and we talk about if we if we could incorporate these things. Yes. 
into our system, uh-huh. how much more valuable would the entirety of medicine be? It would be enriched. It would be greatly more functional. It would, in fact, um, it would, in fact, take away some of the stigma that people feel when they find out that they're susceptible now to the side effects of those treatments. Yeah. And, you know, those are, those are very, very real situations. Say, for example, we have a huge amount of overuse of antibiotics. When we take antibiotics, we, in fact, are um, overcoming serious bad bugs, so to speak, but we also are overcoming serious amounts of good bacteria or good bugs. Yes. And consequently, one of the things that we have been doing over time as we've made this little niche for beneficial bacteria, even in the doctor's office, where a person will go in following antibiotic therapy, they're recommended by the physician to go to, the, to their store, and some physicians even sell this out of the office now, uh, or out of the pharmacy, and buy a beneficial bacteria to replace what the antibiotic destroyed. Yes. Now, the difficulty with that is, that's, all, that's the only thing we use it for. We think, oh, well, you know, normally speaking, my intestinal tract, my environment internally is healthy. And that is absolutely not the case. No, you're absolutely right. We're not eating properly. Yeah. We're not resting properly. We're not exercising properly. <laughs> we're, yes. We're not even thinking properly. I mean, the old Dr. Christopher, as my mentor, used to say many, many times, he said, you know, the major causes of chronic illness are first, number one, poor diet. Hmm. Number two, poor elimination. Interesting that they go together, right? Yes, absolutely. That they're sort of the yin and yang combination of, you know, black and white, light and dark, hot and cold, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, the third thing that he said was, in fact, we were not, in fact, exercising properly. Mm-hmm. We didn't get enough exercise. And consequently, uh, not only did we not exercise properly, but we were poor at resting We, you know, we don't meditate, we don't sleep, we don't take vacations. One of the things I like best about Europe is that the, you know, companies over there, they close down for a whole 30 days, a whole month. They do what? They take a, an entire month off. Yes, that's right. Paid. <laughs> paid. <laughs> you know, here in this country, you know, we're lucky if we get a week paid vacation. And yes. We, we have two weeks, but we end up, you, you know, losing half of it or rolling half of it over and thinking that the money is more valuable, and that's just not true. Well, and then what we do over here is uh, when we take a week off, what means uh, we're going to try to catch up what we haven't yeah. been able to do at home. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we come exactly. home, we go back to work, and we were more exhausted than when we started our vacation. Yes, exactly. So we don't rest. Most of us here in the U.S. are going 100 miles an hour with our hair on fire. Yes. And then we wonder why, by the time we reach the age of 50, the number one reason why a person shows up in the hospital or goes to the doctor more appropriately is because of digestive complaints. Yes. I have a, uh, I have a little quote here by uh, uh, the, uh, the, in the book Life Extension, from uh, mm-hmm. Life Extension Foundation. Mm-hmm. And they say that constipation, chronic constipation is the number one. So it's not acute constipation, but chronic constipation is the number one gastrointestinal complaint in the United States, particularly among the elderly. Constipation accounts for more than 2.5 million physician visits a year and is among the most frequent reasons for patient Mm self-medication. The American family physician reported in 1998 that constipation affects as many as 26% of elderly men 
and 34% of elderly women. Yeah, constipation is a health problem that has been related to diminished perception of quality of life. The good news is that there are conventional and alternative treatments that can provide immediate relief. And it actually said something in here that uh, it accounts for about, I think it is about a $275 billion industry every year in this country for constipation-related problems as far as selling over-the-counter drugs so that people self-medicate. That is a huge industry, and as you mentioned, that is only possible if the colon is not working properly, which often means that we are dealing with an issue of uh, um, uh, not having enough bacteria because else there wouldn't be this constipation problem. Well, see, it goes a little deeper than that because that's, as is often the case with um, with allopathic looks at our disease state, we stop right at the knee-jerk reaction, okay? Yes. And, and what I'm saying is this. This is the problem, and here's how you fix it, right? Uh-huh. Okay, well, the fact of the matter is there's a problem, and that problem is extremely intertwined with our overall health and our well-being and our lifestyle. Yeah. Such that we take a look at, and I'll throw you out a quote here, if you're, and now as long as we're quoting, and this goes way, ba- way back to a fellow by the name of J.H. Kellogg. Uh-huh. And he said this. He said that, in fact, all 100% of cancer patients are victims of chronic constipation. Wow. That is really something. Shall we continue with that when we come back after the break? I think it'd be a good spot. All right. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Mike Corrigan, who was my guest today on Gesundheit with Jacobus, folks. Uh, We're going to take a short break here for the news, so make sure you stay tuned. We will be right back. Well, it's great to be with you, Jacobus, and, and uh, I also would like to just um, give you a bit of a leg up, as they as they say in the writing game, and that is that it's very, very valuable to have a program like Kazuntai on the air in a particular community, and I understand that you have been able to um, get into a syndication situation where you're starting to expand the program into other areas, that it's also available on the net. Yes. As well, mm-hmm. and those are those are extremely, really, really beneficial um, community services that you're offering there, and so you should be congratulated for that. And also, I'd like to say that it's an honor for me to be a part of your 300 bro- 300 broadcast. <laughs> that's, you know, well, that's kind of groundbreaking stuff. So. It is. Well, thank you so much for those kind words. But, uh, you know, it is it is very, very helpful from the standpoint of not only the outreach that you're providing there, but folks ought to be able to utilize you as a resource as well. Uh, you know, you're there on a regular basis in the store. You've got the ability to, very seldom do you have the ability to go in and speak to somebody that uh, you know, is a radio personality and very expert in their field at the, at the local health food store. You yeah. know? So uh, I, I would urge people to take advantage of that as well. Well, thank you. And and I started doing this because I felt it would be a great way to introduce, first of all, the listeners to the f- enormous talent, both in Western doctors and in natural doctors, homeopath, counselors, consultants, uh, psychiatrists, etc., uh, in the local area. And mm-hmm. and it's not always easy to get people on on Sunday morning, 7 to 10. So I've been 
expanding nationwide and are, um, have been able to do interviews by phone and uh, which has also been phenomenal because I've had some wonderful people on but uh, first of all it was to let people know you know we have a tremendous amount of resources just right here in this community and let's use them mm-hmm. oh absolutely yeah. Yeah, I think that as I went through Montana there I was I was very much impressed with the number of people who uh, had come from other areas of the country and had sought that area out because, first of all, they wanted to live in Montana. Uh, secondly, that it was it, it has a it has a wide open feel to it, um, much like uh, parts of the country that tend to be hotbeds of uh, natural products and natural products research. Yeah, uh, there are a few of them around, very kind of centers of these activities, and they I think they just sprout up from an energetic standpoint. They you know, time is right, everything kind of comes together, and that's where these people end up gravitating to. And I think that uh, in the future, I think Montana will be one of those places. Well, so. we hope so. I mean, uh, whatever it takes to uh, to educate people and to inform and make them healthier and uh, that they can take that, that, that information and spread it to other people in their own family, in their circle of friends, and wherever they go, that they say, you know what, this is something you should look into and that it makes everybody healthier. We kind of start a little network here. Uh, yeah. Caller, good morning to you. Thanks for joining us today. Your name and how can we help you? Good morning to both of you. Oh, thank you. Congratulations. 300 show. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And thank you so much for bringing up this subject with this expert. I asked you for that years ago. Do you remember that? Yes. You know, probiotics are one of the most overlooked entities and necessities in life. It's overlooked. Yes. By the way, I, um, I've, I've heard a little bit about this. I hate to sound um, undedicated, but I was in a different city when I first started hearing about this whole issue of probiotics. Yes. Um, Dr. Bob Downs in Albuquerque, New Mexico uh, brought this up and brought this man on the radio a long time ago. (laughs) Yes. And I'm so grateful to to hear this information being shared because it's, it's important. What I haven't heard or maybe I didn't listen good enough, is how everyday common stresses affect probiotics. Great point. How our adrenals actually kill them as a result of abuse, as a result of a death in the family, loss of a job. The adrenals kick in and actually kill the probiotics. That's a, that's a very good point. And life is so stressful, and, and you touched on that yeah. with the vacations, Yeah. how in other countries you have a whole month off to get beat up at home. <laughs> <laughs> Here in this country, you only got a couple days, if you're lucky, Yes. to, to get beat up at home. But yes. we're beating each other up. We're killing each other with our own adrenals and stress. Yeah. And, and these probiotics die mm-hmm. when we take it out on ourselves. Um, guilt, blame, a lot of mental issues or situations can actually kill the beneficial elements, these probiotics in our body. And you would think that it would be covered by the Constitution, general welfare. We're all dying. How can we save ourselves from stress uh, financially, emotionally, spiritually, 
we're dying. Yeah. You have a comment about that, Mike? Yes, I do, as a matter of fact. Um, you know, there's a very, very integral, integrated point here that we're making, and that is that, uh, first of all, these things have been around for a long time. We can't lose sight of that. But we're talking about um, something that uh, is often referred to as uh, medicines of antiquity. And there, there are lots of things that combine and go together here. Uh, the comment that we, through our stress and stress relationships, end up uh, changing the environment that beneficial bacteria uh, find themselves in in the intestinal tract. Uh, they choose to leave. They tend to migrate. They tend to decrease their population numbers uh, based on the kinds of chemistry that develop as we go through, you know, anger or the inappropriate ability to manage anger. Uh, the stresses that we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis are things that uh, we can't avoid. In fact, they're, you know, it's very, very difficult for us. And there are some experts out there, me included, who believe that um, the stress in some measured quantity is a good thing because we are, we are situated to be able to handle stress. Our inability to utilize the things that are at our control at our finger trips to do that is a matter of education. So it's, we... It's, it's kind of like the guy who goes to work and, and, and tires, comes home, and, and, and in an angry moment yells at his wife, and she gets upset, and he kicks his dog, and the animal control comes and locks them up. Like a whole closed loop chicken and egg problem with our society in that we have lost the ability to love each other, to comfort each other, to take care of each other. In China, uh, even though they have a horrible thing with, you know, population control and killing unborn kids, they do respect their elders. They, they take care of their old people. The elders or the young people, when they're going to get old, come to rely, rely on society to assist them after they've been productive. Mm -hmm. Here in America, we just use people up and just throw them away. We make them work themselves to death to pay their taxes. Yeah. And, and and all of a sudden, one day, we say, oh, you're not a productive citizen anymore. we got to get rid of you. As a society, we say that, not as individuals. It is. I, I can see what you're saying, Maxim. In some other cultures, as you age, it seems that you are being celebrated for reaching a ripe old age exactly. and you're being celebrated for your appreciation and because of appreciation for a job well done right and over here it is uh, if we can save a buck uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna cut you uh, off we're gonna cut you off and and get somebody else it's a good point maxim i i thank you for uh, for your input and uh, congratulations on, on well, your you. show and uh dr uh, corgan uh thank you for being there and please make some more time for, for this population in this radio audience. Because right. this is a very important subject and we all can learn a lot. We all need to know to save our own lives. Great. Well, thank we appreciate you calling in this morning. Thank you very much. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Mike, we were talking earlier about, um, uh, about, obviously, the immune system. Now, probiotics... Are, we're losing, we're losing those because of a combination of reasons. And what Maxim brought up, uh, the, the stresses in daily life obviously have a lot to do with it. Now, what are some of the things that people can do 
And and as we're talking about probiotics, uh, people know the word acidophilus, they know the word bifidus, they know the words uh, probiotics, but uh, how as a consumer, now if people are listening and say, okay, well, that's all nice and dandy, but I go to the local grocery store or the local health food store and I look and I find these things sitting in a refrigerator, does it all have to be refrigerated? Can I do it without refrigeration? What if I need to travel? How do I decide what I need to pick? Then there are certain bottles that say so many billions, others say so many millions. Uh, it is a confusing thing. Could you enlighten us a little bit about that? And I know we're probably going to hit the half hour here, but uh, let's get started on it uh, so that consumers, the listeners, can actually make some wise decisions. Well, uh, that's uh, an excellent excellent way to go here, and we can pick this up after the half hour chimes in. But uh, remember that, as we were talking earlier, we've been, uh, we've been looking at these things for a long period of time. Actually, 1907, a fellow by the name of Eli Michnikoff uh, did some landmark, landmark research on, on beneficial bacteria and showed that they had an extremely hard, hard connection. They were hardwired, if you will, to our ability to survive in a, in a stressful environment. And he received the Nobel Prize for that in 1909. Unfortunately, that information hasn't crossed over to the to major population. Mm -hmm. And so we're still kind of dealing in the dark ages with how to use beneficial bacteria. Now, in order for us to get to that, see the buying decision, okay, you're on the radio, you listen to all of this stuff, and you hear, you think, man, this, this is really awesome. I need to go out and find some of this stuff and start taking it on a regular basis. Now you're confronted with all of the buying decisions of exactly what you need to do as a consumer. Yes. And, uh, and as you say, you walk into the health food store and you look in this, at this myriad of products that are listed you know, in your, in your uh, refrigeration case, and now you're set, beset with a whole new set of problems. So let's see if we can solve those for you. First, uh, we need to take a, a hard look at how we take beneficial bacteria. We're not going to take just one species because they don't inhabit the intestinal tract as one species. They are an environmental factor. There are many, many different beneficial and harmful and innocuous bacteria that all coexist in the same state. Yes. In fact, there are over 500 different species of bacteria, yeasts, um, even a little bit of mold in there, which, in fact, over a period of time, uh, all coexist together. And mm. uh, so now we have to ask the question, do we want to eradicate all the bad bacteria? No, that's impossible. You're not going to be able to do that. What you want to do is keep them in check. Yes. And all beneficial bacteria, just like all people, have their strong points and their weak points. There's some things that they do extremely well. There's some things that they don't do well, but they have help. There are other things there that are going to give you a benefit and a boost. Yeah. So what I'm going to suggest here is, an, is a brand new way of taking lactobacillus, and that is you don't go and buy one bottle. You, in fact, understand a little bit more about what you're doing there, yeah. and so you end up with what I call a rotational therapy. Uh -huh. Now, rotational therapy is not something that's new. It's something that the Chinese have been practicing for many, many years, and since they're the experts on preventive medicine, and the, you know, the caller brought up the fact that in China they do things a little differently, well, one of the things that they do is that, that you know, the, the traditional doctor is paid for keeping you well. When yeah. you become sick, you owe no fee. Yeah. So the emphasis is on the entirety of prevention rather than, you know, the disease state that is here. So <clears throat> now, rotationally speaking, how do you start? Well, uh, if, in fact, you're at the starting of your life, brand new as an infant or a young child, or at the back end of your life, you know, one of those uh, 
you know, plus 60-year-old people that are getting to be so numerous out there. Yeah. In fact, we've got one turning 60 every seven seconds in the United States. Really? So, yeah, it's a big deal. You're going to start with bifidobacteria, and you're going to do it with what I consider to be the best brand on the market, which is Primidophilus bifidus. Okay. Uh, the particular product is uh, it is available in the refrigeration case. That's where you're going to go look for it. It is distributed in this country uh, under the auspices of Nature's Way, which is that little green leaf symbol mm-hmm. that uh, is on a variety of different products in your store there at Montana Harvest. Yeah. Uh, you also are going to notice that the bifidobacteria are there in a particular format. There's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of between 3 and 5 billion organisms. Now, the reason why you're looking for billions is because in the intestinal tract, especially when you've lost these beneficial bacteria, it's a numbers game. Yeah. You're going to try and get as much beneficial bacteria into what I consider to be, you know, the, you're into a loading zone phase here. You're going to put a lot in because you're going to have some attrition of bacteria. They're what we're going to do, Mike, we're going to, we're going to take a short break here okay. because I don't want you to lose your thoughts. So hang on there, folks. We will be right back. Folks, we have a caller on hold. Caller, thanks for joining us today. Your name and how can we help you, please? Uh, good morning. This is Pam, and congratulations on your show. Oh, thank I you, Pam. I think it should go nationwide. Oh, I appreciate really that. really that um, quality. Um, my question is, is um, what does your guest think about um, the fermented teas that are on the market? I tried one. I won't give the brand name unless it's so Are you talking okay. about kombucha? Yes. Okay. With, mm-hmm. um, yes, I uh, have been having a lot of health problems, and um, I purchased one bottle of that tea, and I felt wonderful, and the bloating in my stomach has gone down. So I'll hang up, and I'd like to hear the answer over the radio. Thank well, thank you. you. Thank you for listening, and thanks for the congratulations, Pam, and I hope uh, you will do well. Uh, Mike, are you back with us? Sure. I am. All right. Have you know about kombucha, and uh, what do you think of that kind of fermentation uh, and fermented products? Well, uh, here again, all fermentation processes are in in many ways beneficial, uh, especially if you're doing them on a fresh basis, and that's the way kombucha or kombucha happens to be taken. Um, right. uh, very, very helpful from that standpoint. Um, I think one of the things that... Uh, we have to understand about fermentation is that it all starts from a start and just like we can take uh, sourdough for example right. and develop a long-term start so can we do those kinds of things with beneficial bacteria and in this particular case that's no exception uh, when we talk a little bit about the benefits that people are getting from it they would in fact get an additional benefit to that if they were making the tea up fresh right and consequently uh Generally speaking, you know, manufacturer is not going to give you a, a great deal of help in, in uh, getting you started with the, the process of fermentation itself because you don't have to go to the store and buy it anymore. You can make it fresh right there at home. Which is true. Which is you true. can do that with yogurt as well. Uh, you know, you, I think probably there at Montana Harvest you sell, you know, yogurt making machines. Yes. No, we don't have the machine, but we have the culture that uh, that helps yeah. you to make it. Mm-hmm. And then from an apparatus standpoint, really all you need is, you know, a, an ability to uh, sterilize a glass jar and, you know, put it into a, a Kerr mason jar and cap it over a, th- a period of several days, leave it at room temperature, and you have yogurt. But 
anyway, uh, that's my my stay here or my point on kombucha or kombucha is that in fact you can manufacture it, you can make the thing up fresh on a day to day basis, and you will get even a, a better benefit to what you're trying to do there. Unfortunately, most of us here in the society we love convenience, so you uh, can also buy it in its pre-done form. Uh, just make sure that it's in its uh, close to natural state, that it hasn't gone through pasteurization and then doesn't have a lot of additives in it like BHA and BHT to preserve it on the shelf. All right. That's my opinion. And <laughs> you're sticking to it. As we were going into the break, you were mentioning to us uh, about the probiotics and how people can actually go into a store and pick between the different probiotics that are available. So we're talking about singles, we're talking about multiples, and you mentioned the combination of primadophilus, uh, with with bifidus, primadophilus with bifidus, that you feel is one of the better company products out there, which is brought out by Nature's Way. It is a confusing industry, like I said, for a lot of people as they are going to if when they when they go in and try to buy a good probiotic for the health, what to pick. Now, why do you say the primadophilus with bifidus is such a good product? Well, first of all, it meets all of the criteria that we have in the industry from the standpoint of what you use as a good gradient. In other words, how do you decide what you're going to buy? First yeah. thing, almost all the research, Jacobus, has been done in amounts of material given on a dose form of better than a million colony-forming units of bacteria per dose. A million or a billion? A million. Million, okay. One million. Almost all the research is a million or more, okay? Yes. So, and we have we have some beneficial bacteria that behave very well at a million to a million and a half to three million, and then we have others that don't do well at that and, in fact, need more taken on a regular basis. Um, the bifid bacteria tend to be one that needs more addition, additions of bacteria on a day-to-day -day basis, and so you're looking at about one and a half to five billion organisms per dose there. Yes. Whereas if you were dealing with something like L. Reuteri, for example, which we haven't discussed yet, but which I hope to get to, yeah, absolutely. is a, a bacteria that even at as a small a colony-forming unit dose as a million or to a million and a half bacteria do extremely well, uh, populate the gut extremely quickly, yeah. remain in the gut, and actually set up a tremendous housekeeping opportunity for other bacteria that are coming along as well. Yeah. So it's it, it just like people, you know, they come in all shapes and sizes and uh, delineations. And so we're talking about a rotational program here. And so we start with bifidus early and late in life because that's the most common bacteria that we need at that point. Yeah. Now, once we have uh, 30 days worth of bifidobacteria, and here again, 30 days is something that people ought to mark on their calendar because we know that many of the tissues in the body change up. In other words, they die and replace by others in, in a 30-day period of time, roughly a four-week period, or that 30 days being a little bit, you know, rounder number, we can take a look at that and say, okay, we're going to have to stay with this for 30 days because we have a little thing that we're, do that we're dealing here called physiological memory. In other words, not just our emotional memory or our psyche memory, but also that the tissues are connected there. And so we're going to need to stay with something over a 30-day period of time in order for us to start seeing some changes. Okay? Uh -huh. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. So we're doing this for 30 days. Now, 
know, at the at the end of that 30-day period, it's time to regroup a little bit and do something different in the intestinal tract. In this case, we're going to give L-Reuteride. Right. Now, L-Reuteride is a universal bacteria. It's not something that people have been used to here in this country, mainly because we're not into probiotics. But if you were paying attention to the international scene, you know that the you know the Swedes and the Finns and so forth have been dealing with L-Reuteride for a number of years. Yeah. And it's become extremely, extremely important on the international scene. So what we're going to do here with L-Reuteride, and Nature's Way is now selling L-Reuteride under the Primidophilus label, we're going to use that as the second portion of our rotational therapy. We're going to take this for 30 days. And when we do that, we're going to do several really key things. And let me list them for you here. Okay. We're going to... Number one, build immunity. Your, your immune system is going to become stronger. Yes. Number two, you're going to help with the absorption of nutrients. Reuterite is so good at expanding the capability of the intestinal tract and improve its, improving its absorptive ability that will actually even improve the intake of medicines, prescription drugs. I see. Okay, so... One of the things that happens here is that we get better absorptive capability through the villi and the crypts of the small intestine. Yeah. It actually influences that. And in fact, it increases your absorptive area by up to a third over what would typically be taking place in a, let's say, a, um, an average intestinal tract. I see. So now think about wasting conditions here. You know, following pneumonia or in situations where a person is recovering from long-term antibiotic therapy or, in fact, they have syndrome X, which is a wasting condition. Yes. What ends up happening here is that you can take a beneficial bacteria and it actually will begin helping the body to pull nutrients out of the foods that you eat. Well, which is, of course, the most important part of digestion. More effective. Exactly. Uh You know, Christopher used to say all the time, it's not what you eat, it's what you assimilate. Yes. Now... The other thing is you're going to control negative bacteria because L. reuteri, one of the few bacteria we know of, contains a complex, an actual compound that comes from the bacteria's life cycle. It's called, it's called reuterin. Mm-hmm. And reuterin is a natural antibiotic. In fact, it enhances beneficial bacteria in the intestinal spaces and decreases the likelihood of negative bacteria in those spaces. It makes it uncomfortable for them to be there. Really? Really. Huh. And this is a really, this is a big breakthrough area because this thing about a natural antibiotic therapy, let me show you where this is going. Uh, you know that a lot of things that happen in to uh, human medicine or in relationship to studies on human medicine comes, first of all, from studies that have been done on animals. You're aware of that, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, now, the fact is sometimes that whole thing flips itself over and we become the beneficiaries of something that, or the animals become the beneficiaries of something that was originally intended for us. And in this particular case, what they started with was a, a technique in animals trying to reduce the number of antibiotics and corticosteroids that were used in animal feedlots. Uh-huh. to bring beef and poultry, pigs, and so forth to market. And so what happened was the agribusiness folks began looking for alternatives to antibiotics, which we impregnate in the feed 
in feedlots here in this country to help reduce the mortality of animals and bringing, you know, a better production to market. Right? I see, I see. Okay, now, uh, that's a problem, right? Yeah. Because you're getting a an extraneous antibiotic in your food supply that you're not even planning on. You don't even get a chance to choose here. Right. You take this product that's sold at the grocery store. It doesn't say antibiotics on it anywhere on the label, but it is inherent in the product. Mm-hmm. So you're eating bacon, you're eating other kinds of meat products, eggs, poultry, all these things that could have small contaminant amounts of, of negative of negative antibiotics in them. Yes. Which, in fact, de- de- pre- deprive you. Uh, Sky, I'm trying to talk really fast. <laughs> <laughs> But what it happens is that when you take antibiotics, the net net effect in a human is it always, always lowers the immune system. Mm-hmm. That's right. Okay, so here we have this negative influx in our diets here in the United States, um, and, we, and it's exogenous. It's not even something we're trying to get to. So now the governments of the world step in. They say, well, look, you know, we're buying this stuff from the U.S. We're importing all of this, you know, all of our technical data as well as our food supply and our, you know, all of the negative things that we have here to other countries. And they're saying, we don't want it. And so in Scandinavia in 2007, not too far distant, right? No, exactly. They're going to restrict the food importation from feedlots or from cattle producers here in the United States into the European Union if, in fact, there's any sign whatsoever that they have antibiotics in the feed. Wow. That is a multi-billion dollar industry. Yes. We're talking about a system here that's going to collapse if, in fact, something's not done about it. Yes. Well, the reason why the, the Swedes and so forth and Finns have actually said we're not going to do this anymore is because they have an alternative. In their own feedlots, in their own production there in those countries, guess what they use? They have gone away from antibiotics, and they use Reuteri. They have figured out a way to impregnate feed with beneficial bacteria that will do a better job, not just the same, but a better job of uh, producing cattle that are disease-free than if they were using antibiotics. Wow. Is that something? That is really positive. And uh, hopefully we can do... Yeah, absolutely. Mike, I want to hear more what you have to say, but we do have a caller on hold. (coughs) Caller, thanks for joining us today. Good morning to you. How can we help you? What is your name, please? Hey, good morning, Jacobus. It's uh, Marion. Hey, Marion. Good morning to you. Yeah. I have, uh, I guess, a comment or a question, maybe a comment. First of all, I do really like the show, Michael. It's a really good show. Great. Thank you for telling You bring in a lot of information. Um, I'm a licensed uh, clinical nutritionist and a traditional Chinese herbalist, and I actually do uh, stool culture testing Uh, for my clients and also... Experimented a lot on myself, and I actually have tested both the primidophilus um, optima and the primidophilus bifidus, and um, I did these in myself. And I'm a, a person that, you know, I can if I eat adequate amount of yogurt, I will not sto- show a lot of beneficial bacteria growth. At least it cannot be harvested. My my stool right. is harvested and. There's no viable growth. Right. And that's, so that's I've tested both the Primidophilus optima and the Primidophilus bifidus. And with the Primidophilus optima, I did not get any growth of lactobacillus. I got a really good growth 
of bifidus in the plus four range. Uh. And with the primidophilus bifidus, I also did not get any lactobacillus growth, and I got a plus three recovery in the bifidus, in the bifidus bacteria, and, you know, plus four is the optimum range. And so we had many discussions back and forth with uh, Keith Witt, which I'm sure you you know him because he works with Nature's Way. I do. Strangely enough, he never referred to uh, me to you because I asked him a lot of questions and couldn't <laughs> answer. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I was kind of, and I realized this is just me, but I've also tested, you know, you know other products on my own. You know, oh, yes. Uh-huh. And Great. I've got, you know, better results, especially in terms of lactobacillus. And so, one of my questions I, I asked uh, Keith with, have you actually tested these products in, you know, humans? I mean, right. you side of the bottle, it states, you know, true potency, true identity, and, and true release. But, right. you know, I guess you know, the ultimate test is, you know, can you, can you recover it in stool in the culture? And right. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. Well, he, really, he didn't think you'd done any testing except with the rudery, which you're talking about right now. So, anyway, I was disappointed. And it's really, you know, hard for me to recommend these products when they don't seem to be working on myself. And so I know it doesn't sound good, but uh. well, no. The, there's a number of things that enter in here. First of all, you have touched on several different areas. The main thing, however, is where, in fact, or how the uh, the product in in this case works in you. And you have to factor in several different situations here. One of them is. Um, uh, we we can barely hear you, Mike. You know, Mike, we also are hitting a break here. If if I this is really good, uh, Marion, you want to hang on, or you want to call us back right after the break and listen to the answer, or you want to listen off well, the air? I'll, I'll call right back after the break because that's a long break. I appreciate that. We will be right back, folks. Alrighty. type with Jacobus. It's all about living healthy. We were talking to Marion right before the break. Uh, we had to uh, we had to stop because of the news. But uh, she asked a question about some of the products, uh, the Primadophilus bifidus by the company Nature's Way, as well as the Reutery, and that uh, she didn't have as much success with that as she would have hoped looking at the label. And I don't know, we have a caller on hold. Marion said she was going to call back. Let's see who this caller is. Uh, then we'll deal with that first. Uh, caller, good morning. Your name and how can we help you? Hi, Jacobus. It is Marion. Oh, okay. It is Marion. Well, yeah. good to have you with us Actually, again. Actually, the two products that I tested was, was, uh, were Primidophilus Optima and Primidophilus Bifidus. I did not test the Reutery, and the reason I did uh, the Optima and the Bifidus is because actually a lot of products that I've tested tested very weak on the bifidus, which, I see. as you know, Michael points out, is extremely important. And so the primidophilus optima tested very well on the bifidus and in me, but not on the lactobacillus. And the primidophilus bifidus was a little less well, but you know, better than most products on the bifidus. Yeah. But again, I no growth in the lactobacillus, and I realized. Only looking at me is only looking at me, and it does not look at a larger sample of people. But I have also tested other products that have worked well in me. And so, you know, it's, you know, I I can't do large testing. So one of the big things that I asked, and I kept asking Keith with, have you tested these products in humans? And, you know, doing a pre and a post test to look what their, their initial lactobacillus species and bifidus species are before doing this to, you know, before introducing the product and then, you know, after, 
introducing the product to see how that changes in stool cultures, and he said there were no such tests done. And so, well, let's see what Mike has to say. Well, Marion, uh, let me calm your mind first of all on the testing process because, uh, as you know, uh, Nature's Way is a manufacturer of product in a packaged form, but we deal with uh, a variety of different companies. Uh, nationwide, worldwide. In fact, uh, the Reuteri product comes from BioGaia, which is a Swedish company, which has done a lot of testing here in the United States as well, the University of North Carolina and so forth and so on. Uh, Mitsuoka, which we mentioned earlier in the program, is uh, also one of the researchers on staff at BioGaia, even though he works in a, in a separate site in Japan. But uh, they have, in fact, tested the product on humans. We test on... Uh, these are Which all products are you talking? They're all human strains, first of all. He was uh, talking about the rotorite. Right, right, which I said, which I have not tested. ramnosis, all of those, all those products are human strains. They've all been tested on humans. Yeah, uh, but my point was, since I didn't test those two, I, I, I did the test on primidophilus optima and bifidus, mm-hmm. and I asked if those were tested, and Keith told me they were had not been tested in humans. Well, what he's saying is that nature's way, per se, is not doing the testing on humans, but each one of the suppliers that manufacture those products for us uh, send us the raw material, basically, test on humans. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay, uh-huh. so that's number one. Number two... I'd like to see those. I mean, uh, I guess this, you have some studies that you can send me? Well, I'm sure that uh, they do have those studies. They may have to be requested in order to get the most updated mm-hmm. varieties of the studies there in-house, which Nature's Way can do. But that would be the product manager that would, for those products that would be able to request those and has clearance to do that. Uh-huh. So that's where I would direct my, my uh, requests at Nature's Way, if you will. Okay. Okay. Right. So talk uh, to a product manager that deals with... The product with manager for the Primidophilus line at Nature's Way. Mm-hmm. All right. So what's okay. the second point you wanted to make, Mike? Well, the second point is that it's if bifidobacteria, in fact, are they're located in the intestinal tract of man, but they're located in the, in the bowel and large intestine, uh, that's their normal, uh, most preferred place, it's going to be more likely that you're going to see stool samples that contain beneficial amounts of bifidobacteria if, in fact, they exist in the product. Yeah, well, actually, that's not always true because I've had I tested many products where people had no bifidus growth. I realized right. that, you know, when you're going to do a stool culture, you want a plus four growth of right. the bifidus because that's what the predominant that's what you're, uh, that's bacteria what you're that grows there. And the lactobacillus, you don't necessarily need a plus four growth because you realize it comes mainly from the small intestine, so a plus right. two right. is acceptable. While your product did, of course, okay on the bifidus, but mm-hmm. lactobacillus, you know, you still need to well, have some recovery. I mean, let me uh, Let me throw in a couple of other factors here, and that is uh, you are talking about specifically the uh, the pH situations that occur in folks as we take them. Also, you're looking at. Well, so anyway, we're looking at. Um, I just had somebody talking to me on. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. I thought <laughs> I the phone got dead. Uh, no, it, it was just complete silence. So <laughs> I was holding up fingers. If you want to know. Yeah. But um, what what ends up happening here is you're dealing with a a combination of factors. You mentioned your own. You know, a personal situation. You're doing a small sample. Uh, number two, you're you're t- 
talking about the acidity of both the small and large intestine. Hopefully, we're looking at something fairly close to neutral there uh, in the small intestine, but not always the case. We have a, an acidity problem in the United States, as I'm, you're probably aware. And then, last but not least, we're dealing with the, the way that the product is delivered. For example, uh, the natural products that you may have tested were probably not enteric-coated. Uh, well, actually, wasn't, Hold on a second. were nature's waste products. Yeah, but I'm talking about all the rest of the product as yeah. well, okay? Because the Actually, non-enteric-coated products have actually worked, believe it or not. Oh, yeah, I'm not saying that they in don't. In terms I'm, of bacterial recovery in the stool. Right, right. I, well, I'm aware of that. They, they definitely do, but what we're trying to, to achieve here is a numbers game uh, from the standpoint of how much we're delivering at any one point in time. So with all of that factored in, the process of the L-acidophilus, uh, the rhamnosis, which I, you haven't actually checked the lactobacillus product from Nature's Way called Primidophilus, the original formula. Those are the, actually the two that are going to contain uh, strictly lactobacillus acidophilus and lactobacillus rhamnosus. That's probably where I would go for those particular bacteria. Okay. So test that one, first of all. Uh, that's also available. But there is lactobacillus rhamnosus in the primidophilus optima. Uh, that's true. However, lactobacillus a... acidophilus and rhamnosus tend to they tend to be a little bit sub subjected or subject subjugated to other activities of the bacteria. For example, L. reuteri, very aggressive. You're not going to have a lot of L. acidophilus surviving uh, post taking the product because reuteri is is literally. Uh, from a species diversity standpoint, it's going to be a lot more aggressive. So it may show up in the original dosage, but it's not going to do well in the intestinal tract uh, as you're setting up the the environment with L. reuteri. Uh -huh. Okay, it's there simply because those products, whether they are alive or dead, still manufacture some chemistry in the bowel that's beneficial, and not only that, but it's beneficial to other bacteria. Yes. other beneficial bacteria. Mm -hmm. uh, the Optima, uh, one of the reasons why Bifidus is so strong in that particular product, even though it, it's there in just a, you know, a minor amount, there are 14 different strains in that product, uh, is going to actually benefit from the other bacteria that are there that are doing their job prior to the large intestine. Yeah, that, I was told by Keith Witt that the uh, Primidophilus Optima had 25% Bifidus strain and the Primidophilus Bifidus 60 60, right. 60%. Mm -hmm. And well, one of the things that's in your primidophilus optimus, of course, also FOS, which is a right. prebiotic that feeds the bifidus. Exactly. And that's exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, we actually have changed up, since you bring that up, we actually have changed up the probiotic or prebiotic inclusion in each of those products so that there is now fructooligosaccharide in every product uh -huh. manufactured by Nature's Way mm. as well. And uh, we've also, uh, you know, gotten rid of um, milk-type products that could cause a problem with hypo, you know, hyperallergic reactions. Now, what I what I understand from you, Mike, and and I don't know, Marion, I'm sure you you heard him say this. You suggest, and the company Nature's Way has started with an idea to help people rebuild 
something that is damaged by maybe going one month on one product, the Primodophilus right, bifidus, the then go do the roitery, and then move on to a next product. So if Marion had uh, had did a test based on uh, taking a certain product at some point, uh, it might not have given her the results had she followed a protocol that Nature's Way would set out and say, take this for a month, that for a month, this for a month, and just work on rotation and, and, and expanding, uh, if you then do a test maybe six months later, uh, you might see more benefits in, in your stool cultures. Well, one thing that's interesting about that uh, rotational therapy uh, from the standpoint of Reuteri is that it really does improve the absorption of the intestinal tract because you're you're actually changing the environment there a bit. You're you're building a, a healthier absorptive mechanism. But the tendencies of Reuteri also, not necessarily while you're taking Reuteri, but down the road a piece from it uh, within 30 days or so, is that other beneficial bacteria will benefit from the presence of Reuteri prior to their in, uh, the inoculation of those bacteria. Uh-huh. So how come there's no Reuteri in the Primodophilus optima? Well, the main reason is because, uh, according to the folks at BioGaia, the inclusion of that product, the Reuteri in there, would, from a competitive standpoint, would not be a good mix with several of the bacteria in that culture. Uh-huh. So they suggest you take it separately. So then, if you were, yeah, so if you're going to be in the second month and you take primarily the Reuteri, uh, do you say that the FOS, the fructooligosaccharides, are also in the Reuteri, the new Reuteri product right now? Yes. Okay, so uh, what what will happen then is after the second month, you have pretty much uh, given your intestines a good basis of roideri, and now you move to the third month. Which what, what what is your suggestion then? Do people do well? You know, typically in the population, and uh, Marion, this would be I think something that would be worthwhile to check out in your you first of all, and then your your patients as well. Clients for calls, since I'm not a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Clients, excuse me. Thanks for that clarity. I, I need to make sure and, and correct myself, wash my mouth out with soap here. <laughs> but uh, what you could do is um, use the Optima for the, the majority of people that are anywhere from about age 18, 16 to 18, on through most adulthood would do pretty well on the Optima product at, at any stage there, but I usually suggest that you use that as the third rotation uh-huh. in that last 30 days, just because it's going to give you the very best chance for success with all of those cultures. And, and as you know, in that 14, some of them are transient, some of them are not regular inhabitants in the intestinal tract. Uh-huh. They show up there, but they don't populate well. So use that as the topper, so to speak, and it seems to uh, it seems to sort of put the frosting on the cake, so to speak. Use mm. that term. So we so this will be the third month. Is there going to be something in the fourth month that you recommend? Well, you know, from a rotational ther- therapy, you just start over again. You start over again. Now, Mary, because I'd like to. Yeah, well, it's that. interesting because I actually used the product. Like when I tested, uh, of course, I didn't do it the way you're telling us, but. Mm-hmm. Before I tested, and I guess I shouldn't be naming names, but I am. No, that's okay. You know before I, I, I tested actually a month before, uh, actually 60 days before mm-hmm. the Brimidophilus Optima, I tested natural factors, double strength, acidophilus with bifidus, and then I had a recovery of lactobacillus mm-hmm. of three, so which was mm-hmm. more than adequate since two mm-hmm. is uh, yeah, good. But, you know, at what was this, two capsules, my recovery of bifidus was plus two. And it should be plus four. And so then I switched to the Primidophis Optima, and then in 
however, well, no, I think it's 30 days because I basically used to hold bottle. So within 30 Good. days, I went from a plus three lactobacillus recovery to a no growth on the primidophilus optimus. And the natural factors contains lactobacillus raminus and lactobacillus acidophilus. Mm. Well, that, lactobacillus see, that's an interesting mix because if you take the, the primidophilus, the original formula, those are the two cultures that are there. Ramnosis and lactobacillus. Right, the, root, uh, uh, the rooteries, is the ramnosis. Reutery. No, no. The, there's there's actually three products out there that we're talking about. One of them is called Primidophilus Original Formula that right. has lactobacillus, acidophilus, and ramnosis in it. Those are the only two it contains. Then you have lactobacillus reuteri, which contains uh, a small primidophilus, you know, basically the small original formula inclusion plus reuteri. And then the last one is Optima, which contains both lactobacillus and rhamnosus and bifidus, no reuteri. Yeah. Okay? So yeah. what I'm saying is the one that's going to be closest to that other product that we were talking about earlier would be the original formula. And that's also mm-hmm. enteric-coated. And uh, we're looking at an increase in the strain count, uh, total colony forming units of something in, in that particular product of about 5 billion organisms. So uh, that's going to be your best possibility for use, I think, there. And that has been, uh, as Marion asked earlier, um, I know we're, we're, we're making this a very long telephone call. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, <laughs> actually, it was, I, I have no. this whole information packet from Nature's Way, and I can't find it. Uh, Keith actually gave it to me. All the yeah. different products, yeah. but well, I don't know I, where I filed it. I think well, it is an interesting. Happy to send yeah. one of those out again to you, I think so it is interesting that that, uh, that you, Mike, talk about uh, the fact. First of all, Marion, I, I want to reiterate this: that it is not about, and as you know, Marion, it's all about changing lifestyle and exercise and diet, etc. And and so what Nature's Way pretty much says is, let's start with something that is good. We're going to start with the basics, do the full month, move on to the next one, next month, move on to the following one, so that we are retraining the colon and giving them the material to do what it needs to do and we see it as a as a as a long-term process for long-term health instead of just taking a capsule and expect uh, miracles and for some people it works but uh, it's an interesting concept that uh, with the research behind it that nature's way came out with this concept well you know uh Marion, we appreciate the call we really yeah do. Well, i can go on uh, actually i know uh, you uh, <laughs> I'll talk to Jacoba some more. Well, thanks well, for the call. Know, we, I appreciate we encourage it. You Thank you. We love you to try the product, and I'm sure that you could actually even impinge on Nature Way to send you some product samples. How's that? Oh, yeah. Actually, um, I think uh, both of them were the product sample. I think I got them from Keith, the Optima okay. and the um, Good, the good. I'm sure you know Keith would be happy to supply those, but I know the product manager probably has a little more detailed information as well. Make sure and check but I know I got a very nice package from him, and I, I was trying to locate it. I can't locate it. But I'll find it. Okay. Well, it's got to be there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank <laughs> like you for the call, Mary. And I'll see bit. you later, Jacobus. That I appreciate that. Thank you much. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Uh, we have a lot of stuff to talk about, but sadly enough, Mike Corrigan has to leave, and um, uh, he had prior engagements, and he could only be on for an, uh, about an hour of two and a half hours instead of three. So I know we wanted to talk about this product reset. I will talk a little bit about it as we come back from uh, from the news. So Mike, I I, uh, I really hope you can come back because we didn't even scratch the surface on the acidophilus <laughs> and probiotics, but 
I, I want to thank you again for being here and, and for helping us out. Uh, you have a wealth of information that has uh, helped so many people. Thanks for doing it and keep up the good work. Well, thanks, Jacobus, and again, congratulations and many more years up there. Thank you, and I hope you're going to be part of that. <laughs> well, maybe we can come back here a little sooner than later and do some information on the reset as well. I will talk to you soon then. Thank you all much. Right. Folks, you're right. Bye-bye. Folks, we will be right back. True health cannot be found in a bottle. I feel a little bit like a shining star. It is uh, my 300th uh, show today, which is amazing when you think about it. And um, and it is also the sixth anniversary. July 9th, 2000 was the first day I started. And so 300 shows later, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's come to this point and we're looking forward and doing a lot more shows than where we are today. But uh, it is a growing process for me. It's been a growing process uh, working with Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're still growing we're still in uh, I would say infancy no we're kind of in a toddler uh, toddler relationship right now uh, yeah <laughs> and uh, but as I said before I want to thank all the guests who have been on the show for 46 years and who have enlightened us with all their passion and with their information and their research uh, also uh, the sponsors who have been part of this uh, like Upper Copper Mill Outlet Montana Harvest Oak Street Market has advertised uh, we've had uh, people on like Natural Life News and Directory and uh, Na Nordic Naturals Natural Factors um, uh, Now Foods uh, Nature's Way. Uh, we talked to Mike Corrigan today. Uh, great sponsors, and and we appreciate that, and we hope you help them also. The company Solar Ray has been with us uh, for for quite a while, so um, it cannot be done without every part committing committing to to this project and when i started this six years ago i had no idea where it was going but now to see it after six years and to which reach the 300 shows um it is definitely here to stay i'm passionate about this uh i i i the feedback i'm getting from listeners uh, all of you is uh, is great positive and if there is anything that needs to be corrected i'm always open for that uh because it is a growing process and the bottom line is that you as a listener start to find out what is available outside your own little world and some of this information that you can use either be it spiritual mental emotional or physical call us we have a couple callers here caller number one good morning to you thanks for joining us your name how can we help you um, this is Pam, and this is my second call. Yes, I Pam. called about the tea. Yes, you called about and the kombucha. I think the important thing about any product that you're um, consuming um, is the delivery system. For me, pills, uh, you know, tablets and that were not um, the way for me to go. I uh, found that um, liquid or subliminal is uh, for me because I don't, utilize the, the pills by the time they pass through my digestive system very little of it is, is absorbed i see so i think that's why the tea really made a big notice you know it was um i felt alive for the first time in years uh-huh so um what what is your take on you know pill versus a liquid or subliminal subliminal um, subliminal Okay. Well, it, it, maybe I give some subliminal messages, but <laughs> well, I'll, I'll hang up. But you, you understand where where I'm coming from? Yes, I understand where because, you're coming um, from, Pam. I had gone through a research program, and basically they used one example of a stalk of celery. 
Uh-huh. And they put a pill at the bottom of the stalk of celery and a little bit of liquid. And the liquid immediately shot up the stalk of celery. So uh-huh. I'll hang up and listen to what you have to say. Thank well, you. You're very welcome, Pam, and thanks for the uh, thanks for listening today. Um, 587-0171 is a number that opens up a phone line, folks. Uh, Pam, interestingly enough, as we were talking in the last half hour with Marion, a lot of it, and with Mike Corrigan, a lot of it depends on the individual. Where do you come from? Um, what is going on with you and your system? And as Mike Corrigan mentioned in the very first half hour, he was talking about uh, um, uh, the, the the change in uh, the difference in birth. If you have a chance to go through natural birth, vaginal birth, uh, then the you get your first inoculation through the birth canal. And it was really fascinating how he st- was talking about how the body actually builds a natural immune system because of that birth and that you don't have, they've tested this through children who are born through a C-section. So those children will build an immune system based on the environment. So it's kind of a, a, a um, um, how did you call it, a natural immune system. The other one is more an environmentally acquired immune system. So you, you, you build up as you go. And I think that is partly of how does your immune system work. Number two, how does your immune system get nourished? Well, part of that is uh, with the enzymes in your digestive system that start in your mouth, your throat, your esophagus. Yeah, it goes into the stomach. Then it goes into the small intestine where we have our pancreatin and we got our bile salts that come into the process. And as the food works its way and being is being digested by these different types of enzymes, and we got more than 400 enzymes in the body, then what happens is as it moves its way through the small intestines, all of a sudden we start of seeing a bacterial household, not an enzymatic of enzyme household, but bacterial household. And then from those bacteria, which are called the lactobacillus type bacteria, it moves into the large intestine. And then the large intestine contains bifidobacteria. And so from the bifidobacteria, it goes through the digestive system into the bloodstream, uh, through the intestinal wall, from the small intestine, large intestine, it goes into the bloodstream. The bloodstream takes it now, first of all, to the liver, and the liver is, a again, rich in enzymes, and the liver is making food particles ready through an enzyme process again to be absorbed by the cells, so by the tissue. So what are some of the problems that we could be dealing with if you say, I'm having a hard time with taking pills. It just doesn't work for me. It doesn't feel good. There is a chance that maybe throughout life you had been on antibiotics, uh, that whereby it killed a lot of your good bacteria. So part of your bacteria household is not up to par. And therefore you are lacking in that part of the digestive process. The second thing is that it could be that maybe your stomach acid is not up to par and therefore where the pill needs to start break to break down through the enzyme functions in the stomach and the small intestine, it doesn't get that attention. It just is partly broken down and because of that, it starts moving into the bacterial household and in the bacterial household, it's not ready yet. So you are not getting out of that pill what you need to get out of it because part of the digestion upstream was not taken care of. And if that is the case, you are not going to get enough out of these pills as you want. So when you have been taking fermented products like kombucha, for example, what happens is you said you've started to feel a lot better right away. Maybe that is an indication that in your stomach, you are not having enough 
enzymes. And so this, this, this broken down, this enzyme, enzyme rich product, a fermented product really helps your stomach to start on the breakdown process. It just brings the stomach uh, enzymes up to the level where it needs to be. And that means that you start feeling better. You feel less bloated. You actually get more energy because now when the, the process of enzyme breakdown is happening, therefore the bacterial breakdown is happening, all of a sudden you get more out of your nutrients, you get more nutrients out of your food, so to say, and so your cells get nourished better and now you start feeling energy. Those things are very important. The other thing that I want to throw in the mix here, Pam, is that the importance of, of good fibers. Fibers are very important. We have water-soluble fibers and we have insoluble, so soluble fibers and insoluble fibers. But interestingly enough, research has shown that once these fibers, they're not just to push food through, those soluble fibers are actually involved in, uh, they become very watery and liquidy and they actually start absorbing food and slow down the digestion through uh, the whole digestion process. So the food particles get more attention in the actual breakdown, which is good because sometimes people, when the digestion is not working, it just runs right through their system and they never get the absorption out of the food. Now, the interesting thing is that bacteria in the colon use fibers, and we have a lot of fibers in foods and fruits and nuts and seeds and beans and grains. If we eat those and vegetables, they use those fibers to start a fermenting process. And that fermentation process helps again in digestion and it helps in pulling those nutrients through the intestinal wall into the bloodstream. So there is a chance, I don't know your specifics, but I don't know if you are taking enough fibers uh, through your diet. I don't know if you uh, if you have indeed a healthy bacterial household, if you have been on antibiotics throughout your life, if maybe you're dealing with a fungal infection like a yeast or a candida that can all affect digestion. So those are more specifics that we could talk about in another moment. But I think if you are doing well with these fermented products, stick with them. So I, I hope that for you and for the other listeners, this gives a little bit of an explanation about what happens, why it is important that you have good biotics, good probiotics, good bacteria in your colon and intestines, and also the, why the enzyme household is important, why fibers are important, and why a variety of different food items is important. And, and of course, the history, how did we grow up, what environment did we grow up, etc. So it all comes down to the individual. Individual health is very well, uh, is very important in this whole digestion process. Caller, good morning to you. Thanks for joining me and your name and how can we help you? Am okay. I on? You are on now. Yes. Good morning to I you. I am on now. Yeah. Okay, Jacobus, this is Ed. Hey, Ed. I, good morning And to I you. want to congratulate you on your 300 shows in your six years. Oh, thank you, Ed. That's very it's nice a, of you. It's a, a wonderful achievement. Well, and, thank you. Uh, the show is, uh, is, is terrific. Well, I appreciate that. And you have been a very important part of that, too. And I want to thank you for uh, for being my guest. And I know you personally, I know how busy you are. And for for me to get you on my show is always an honor because it means a lot to me that you make time in your busy schedule to be part of this program. Well, I think it's important. We have to keep chipping away at, at our understanding of, of health and try to help people out there who are seeking you know their own path to health. Yes. So one of the things that uh, 
listening to your show this morning, yeah. uh, I was particularly interested in what Marion was saying about yes. uh, testing your uh-huh. you know, stool cultures, because how do you know where you stand? I mean, you can, it seems like that's a really good thing to do in terms of your uh, ecology of organisms that are in your, in your uh, colon, in, yes. your, in your intestine. Yes. Uh, is this something that's, that's uh, freely available, this kind of testing? You mean the testing specifically from the company Nature's Way, or testing no, no, that Marion is doing? No, I don't, no, I don't mean that. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, testing stool cultures for finding out what your status of you know, bacterial ecology is. You want to know if that's available? How 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 yeah. available is that? Yeah. Well, I know that Marion has done it, and uh, and so in her case, uh, you know, it would probably be a good idea if you give her a call and see yeah. who she uses. And let me give you her number so you can call her because she okay. also has a private practice. It's 586-1833. 586-1833. And Marion is very up-to-date about different uh, uh, companies that do testing, and I'm sure yeah. that she can tell you any kind of testing if it is actually yeah. available. Yeah, great. That's that's what I'm. I'll call Marianne and talk to her about it. All right. So, congratulations again. Thank and, you. Ed. Uh, keep up the good work. I'm do my best, and thank you so yeah. much for the compliments. Yeah. Bye bye. Bye bye. Caller, good morning to you. How can we help you? What is your name, please? This is the recovering opinionated guy. You know, uh, I have to thank you too for being a <laughs> for being a big part of this show. I don't think there are too many shows you have missed in the 300 that we've done. Yeah, that's right. I might be the champion caller. Uh, yeah, well, let's just launch into another same old, same old topic. You know, a contemporary of Dr. Christopher called Norman Walk, and I believe that the Norwalk juicer was even named after him. He was quite quite a juicer expert, but in one of his juice books, he just happened to mention that he thought peanuts and popcorn were two of the worst things that happened to the American diet. So people are have uh, these these opinions that I keep hearing uh, over the years, uh, like whether soybean is good or bad or canola oil, do you take a very strong stance anymore about these things that have such great naysayers and such great proponents like canola oil? Uh, the people in the very same health industry think canola oil is the best thing that ever happened to nutrition and think that it's the worst thing that happened to nutrition. Now, what, what is uh, Has your opinions been leveled down over the years or are you as opinionated as I am? No, I I think uh, what well I tell you that um, I think I have changed my opinion, and uh, part of it is because of the individuality. Um, I really think that for some people who come from a um, um, from a um, unhealthy background to all of a sudden go to a cold pressed canola oil, I think that is a step in the right direction. Now, do I say you got to do everything with canola oil? No, but to start incorporating at a good source, and there's all kinds of sources out there. But if you find a good source of of canola oil, I think uh, you're on the right track. And 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 obviously, canola oil alone cannot make you sick, and canola oil alone cannot make you healthy it is a combination of things so that is number one number two i think uh, as far as uh, popcorn is concerned i was actually reading yesterday that popcorn is a very good fiber but not if you start to put salt and butter on it so if you actually create popcorn and and eat that once in a while it gives you a good fiber content for uh, for digestion uh, so popcorn bad, yes, uh, if you do it the wrong way, uh, but good if you use it the right way. Uh, the other thing is that uh, you look at soy, 
we we have discussed soy on this program. It is the same thing. The American diet is very much based on taste and um, and consistency sometimes. Uh, so people don't like the looks of it. They don't want to eat it. And if they don't like the taste, they definitely don't want to eat it. If you look at what they are doing to soy, uh, that is a problem. If you uh, the processing that happens and the saltying and the making ice cream out of it and milk and cheese and 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 soy nuts and and all that stuff. That is not per se the best for your health. That doesn't mean you can never eat it. It is just not one of those things of people saying, Oh, I'm going to jump on the health bandwagon. I'm going to go, I'm going to get healthy. Um, I'm going to eat soy. Then I say, No, 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 no. Sometimes it's one thing, but not all the time. And if you find a fermented soy product like, uh, like, uh, natto, uh, and, uh, tempeh, uh, or a soy, uh, soy sauce, a fermented soy product, then I think you are going to be okay, but not soy to the max. It is a combination of things, uh, Daniel. That's what I feel. All right. Well, I'm going to go jump on the health food bandwagon myself. Uh, so <laughs> see if anybody else comes in. Well, thanks for being part of this uh, history so far, yeah. Daniel. And uh, we're looking forward to another 300. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Caller, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Your name, how can we help you? I, I believe I'm on the, hey, on the phone. Hey, that sounds like a familiar voice. Uh, yeah, I've been running around the house, so I'm a little short of breath here. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm responding to uh, uh, Ed Rats, and um, the uh, lab that I use is, uh, they used to be called Great Smokies Diagnostic Laboratory, and they've since undergone a name change, and they called Genova Diagnostics. And um, they actually do all kinds of testing, and one of the testing they do is a you know comprehensive bacteriology, but also a comprehensive comprehensive microbiology, mm-hmm. which also includes you know testing for yeasts, and they also check for potential pathogens and pathogens. Right. And and so yeah, so the the uh, one of his biggest questions were, which I always had, how do you know probiotic is working? So the only one I know how it's working, you know, yeah. doing a stool test. And yeah. I do it on not just me, but on, you know, some of my other clients. Yes. And so, uh, yeah, they do a lot of good testing that, uh, to my great disappointment, gastroenterology doctors, gastroenterologists don't check for. You know, gastroenterologists will just kind of look for a organic disorder and they do will some they will do some stool testing but they only you know check the most obvious pathogens yes you know like e coli and clostridium difficile and you know if a person still has chronic diarrhea and they really don't check anything else then they scratch their head why we don't know yes well it's a lot of else other things are going on and they will check for you know beneficial flora but i've seen reports coming from the hospital and it's never really tells you in a quantitative fashion how much lactobacillus is in there, how much bifida is in there. It will often say adequate, but then when I test, it's often not adequate. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. anyway, um, and also regarding the uh, you know, absorbability of products, uh, several, the lady that said she had such luck with the kombucha tea yeah. and never much luck with pills. taking pills. Well, one of the problems is that a lot of probiotics don't work. Yeah. And so you might take a probiotic and it just doesn't work, so you're not going to have any benefits from it. Yeah. And um, and so the probiotics from Nature's Way are enteric-coated, meaning they get released in the intestine. And so 
you're not supposed to have any stomach acidity affecting the product because one of the theories is that stomach acid can actually decrease the pH in such a way that you're inactivating the bacteria because the bacteria are made of protein and protein can get changed in structures um, at different pH. But, you know, some products that I've tested that are not enteric-coated do survive uh, stomach acid. And then, so, their product is enteric-coated, so it really shouldn't affect, you know, one way or another if you have elevated stomach acid. Well, I appreciate the, the input. We've got to go. Yeah, the problem is if you have not enough intestine, you've had a lot of intestine removed, you might not be able to open up the enteric-coated capsule. Yeah. So. Well, that's great input. Thank you for that. All right. All right. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye-bye. All right, folks. Sadly enough, we've come again to the end of the third hour already of Gesundheit with Jacobus. I need to talk to George Carter get four hours because uh, there's too much to talk about. I have too much information in front of me to cover. Um, I uh, I want to remind you that Montana Harvest is giving away free samples of a new product by Nature's Ways called Reset. You're going to like it if you use it. And there is also some free samples of the product Alive, a wonderful multivitamin with whole foods. So thanks for listening. Check out those new products, read the labels, and we'll talk to you next week Sunday from 7 to 10 with Carl Clicker and Diane Ferris. We'll be back next week. Bye-bye. Gesundheit with Jacobus. It's all about health matters.